Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you miss the days when all the answers to life's big questions could be found in the juicy pages of Dolly Doctor? Sex. Friendships, relationships, family, life stuff. Dolly gave us total honesty with zero judgment. We learned that it wasn't weird to masturbate, like a lot, and that periods can sometimes be tricky, unpredictable things. We talked about what to do when we had a crush on someone and how to get over relationship breakups. Having Dolly to turn to made all that teenage angst a bit more bearable. Adulthood was around the corner. We would all get our shit together, move to the city to become big-time businesswomen and sleep with Harrison Ford, like Melanie Griffiths in Working Girl. Was that just me? Life was happening. And then we all grew up and realised that everything is still confusing. Welcome to the Big Sister Hotline. Presented weekly by me, Clementine Ford, this is your place to ask all the questions you still don't know the answers to about sex, friendships, relationships, family and life stuff with the kind of frank advice you could expect to find from the person who loves you most, your big sister. Because life isn't easy. And sometimes we all need a big sister to call on. And welcome to episode four of Big Sister Hotline. I'm Clementine Ford and I'm joined once again by my very good friend and honorary sister, Karen Pickering. Hi, Karen. Hi there. If you can find a place to leave a review, then that would be wonderful because reviews obviously help people find the podcast and know whether or not they're going to enjoy the podcast. Keep the correspondence coming because that has been beautiful to hear from people, even who don't have questions, but just people telling us that they love listening to it and it just feels really good. Yeah, and do you know what I really liked last week was that we had uh, the phone call from Ash, a guy, because I think oftentimes men don't necessarily know that they can participate in, you know, explicitly feminist podcasts. But of course, like, we want to be your big sister too. So, exactly. And we, Ash was a hit. Like, yeah. people were writing to me saying that they loved hearing a guy just openly and and in a really relaxed way saying like I need some help with this and who better to ask but some feminist big sisters um and also one thing I wanted to mention as well and I I mentioned this on Facebook is that we'd really love to hear from your teenagers too so one of the things that we loved so much about Dolly Doctor when we were teenagers was because it was the place you could go to to get answers to the questions that you were maybe too afraid to ask your parents or to ask you know a trusted adult or to ask your friends and I know that the world is very different now because there's so much information but I think that sometimes those really personal things are still you know very frightening for teenagers to kind of um 
seek the answers to because they're still so insecure about so many things. So please do let your teenagers know that they can email us on bigsisterhotline at gmail.com or they can um, just privately message either one of us and we will keep them completely anonymous. Anyone who writes to the Big Sister Hotline can be anonymous. And um, yes, we will endeavor to answer all of their questions. So Karen, let's get into this week's Big Sister Advice Asks. Laura says... I'm having a crisis, which may sound superficial. Uh, By the way, there's nothing superficial here at the hotline. No silly questions. I'm having a crisis, which may sound superficial, but I'm honestly at a loss. I'm dating this new guy and it's quite early days, but we have been seeing a lot of each other. The issue is this. I think he may have a dental slash health condition, which means his breath is seriously chronically bad. I sort of dealt with it the first few times we hung out and kissed, but I actually think it's gotten worse in the last week. I don't know how to tell him. I'm so worried he will be hurt by it, but he seriously needs to see a dentist and it's starting to put me off. How do I tell him I need strategies, please? Laura. Laura. When I first read this question out to Karen, she said, oh my God, this question makes me want to die. (laughs) Which may be a slight overreaction. But it's, it's got that like excruciating cringe factor where you not only know that versions of this have happened to you but you also worry that someone has found your breath bad at some point oh god and also just the idea that laura has met this cool guy who she really likes and she obviously feels enough of a connection with him to seek some advice about how to deal with his breath and so it just makes me really feel for both of them i know i want to just wrap them both up and 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 take her new bow to the dentist (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's such a vulnerable thing when you first start dating someone because you're really asking them to uh, accept a lot of physical bodily fluids <laughs> that you would otherwise not share with anybody. Yeah. And yeah, I think that those those things like fear of bad breath, fear of any kind of like off-putting smell about yourself, obviously deep insecurities for people. Fear so, of disco box. Yeah. Fear of disco dick. I mean... <laughs> I'd say that the latter one is probably more of a problem because there's way more insecurity bred in people with disco boxes. True. Um, and women have more showers. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that out. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I mean, also it's what vulnerable I, it, and, is a vul- it is a vulnerable thing. And one thing I would be concerned about, I guess, is, a, you know, it's a practicality of dating in a modern world is the fear, I suppose, of bringing it up with him and him responding angrily rather than, yeah, rather than being hurt that, you know, that that would be one thing that I would feel concerned about. So I think as with all things, one of the, um, one of the best approaches when you're, when you're trying to raise any kind of, uh, delicate issue with a partner or a friend, whoever it may be, is to firstly, obviously tread gently Mm -hmm. and think, I guess, about how you would want that news to be delivered to you Mm. um again i don't think it's one of those things that really has an easy answer no and but i guess as a guideline you would say okay start with telling them why you're telling them you know i'm telling you this because it's been so fun hanging out i'm really into you i find you really hot i love having you stay over i love fucking you whatever you want to say that is going to start with laying that foundation of 
how much you do value them and what you and what is working for you. Yeah. And it sounds like it's really working yeah. for her. And then you can then obviously there's going to be no way of um, gently ripping that band-aid off where you're going to have to then say, but what isn't working for me is this. And I've agonized over telling you, but I really um, it's it's like a block for me. But you can you can really emphasize to him the reason that I'm telling you this is because I really like you a lot and I see a really good future with you. And I, if I didn't, then I wouldn't bother even bringing this up. The other tack is if she doesn't feel really strongly as though there might be a future, the other kind of um, approach could be to just go really light and just mm. go somehow really light. Like, you know, dude, you got to do something about this. <laughs> Oh, that wouldn't work on me, I don't think. I'd, I think I would feel, yeah, I think I'd feel more, I'd definitely end up being a lot more defensive if yeah. that was the approach. I mean, you could try just leaving some hints around the place, maybe offering some mints before. That's M-I-N-T-S, obviously, not not some cattle mints. kangaroo <laughs> But I mean, maybe that's the problem. Maybe he's doing the keto diet and... You know, maybe he's not eating enough carbohydrates. And he doesn't realise. And obviously, look, let's just say anyone who has bad breath either doesn't know they have it or they don't or, or they don't know how bad it is or mm. they know that they have it and they know that it's bad and they have sought help for it and they don't know what to do about it. Mm. And so I guess, yeah, I was thinking before, like, if someone, say if someone had, for instance, this has never happened to me, a really putrid, messy room. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and you're hooking up with them. That's where I would take that kind of light and breezy approach. Like, dude, you need to clean your fucking room. Yeah, but you do know? you know what? You would only do that now because you're a 42 year old woman. Yeah, that's think true. about all the times that you know when we were in our 20s. And Ooh. there's a question actually coming up similar to this shortly. But all the times that we were in, we were in our 20s, and you know we've like gotten dressed up beautifully for a date, and we've definitely had a shower, and we've made sure that because of course we live in a fucking patriarchy, so we've made sure that every last scrap of hair from our legs and our underarms has been removed. Um, and you're sitting, you sort of like gingerly enter this disgusting. I don't even know what's growing in the corners room. There's like if there's a bed sheet in the room, it's a fucking curtain. <laughs> All of the, all of the... You can see the stains on the mattress. Yeah. And of course he reads books because he prides himself on having, you know, read Herman Hess. But all of his books are kept in milk crates and the mattress... And they're all written yeah. by men. Yeah, all written by men. He's just He just relates more strongly to that. He found the mattress on the side of the road, not even during hard rubbish. Just someone just chucked it out one day and he was like, I'll have that. And you walk into this room that stinks of everything that that smells like. And you sit down gingerly on the bed, on this bed that is probably carrying some form of disease. And you think, I hope he doesn't think my pussy's too hairy. (laughs) And the thing is, he does. So (laughs) maybe also just go in with that approach too, that men have been telling women since the dawn of time, everything that is disgusting and wrong about us Mm. and use that to harden your interaction a little bit, but also be kind. Yeah. I guess that, look, if we're going to go, you know, with, um, with grace and dignity, um, I think we could advise, we, we would advise you to, you know, as we said, tread carefully 
be gentle, give affirmation and support, not because he's a child, but because he's a human being who obviously is going to feel really self-conscious. And and also you want to keep kissing him. Yeah. Yeah. And And gingivitis is is a real disease. Yeah. And you have said that there's, you know, you are expressing this difference between bad breath because you don't brush your teeth and bad breath because there's something really bad going on in your mouth that a professional needs to fix. And it's not his dick. (laughs) And I think, um, yeah, look, let us know how you go. Yeah. We would love to hear part two of this story. And of course, if there are any toothpaste uh, brands out there that would like to sponsor the show... Please do get in touch. I'll tell you another breath tip. Floss before you brush. Some people floss afterwards and then that leaves your mouth smelling a bit bad. Some people don't even floss. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. no, Not that I would know anything about that. <laughs> uh, you are listening to the Big Sister Hotline where Karen Pickering and me, Clementine Ford, give you advice on all of the tricky, curly problems that you're too scared to bring up with your therapist. We have another question. Sharon... Wants to know how to educate her boyfriend about feminism. Background. I recently told him it wasn't acceptable for him to comment on my hairy legs because it's my body, my choice, and I'm trying to push back against society's expectations of what make women beautiful what makes women beautiful. A while later he asked, and he thought this was a genuinely curious question, what's the difference between shaving your legs and painting your nails? I.e., how come you push back on shaving and not on having your nails done? Well, the difference is she wants to have her nails done. Yeah. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. (laughs) I mean, I think it's one of those things that... There's a lot going on here. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's it's difficult for... I mean, firstly, I just feel with no shade at all on Sharon. I feel so exhausted by the level of fucking education and care that women are still having to put into teaching their male partners about the fucking beauty industry and patriarchy and its impact on all of us. Yeah. And, and having to answer, be, be the kind of first port of call for feminism 101 every day of your life is exhausting. And yeah. so obviously the first thing would be, I would be saying to Sharon, tell your partner to look up this stuff himself, you know, do some of the emotional labor himself and look up, Get him, send him a few articles that he can read rather mm. than him having you as this talking encyclopedia that has to answer every question that he has. Um, truthfully, I feel like if you've got a grown man, and I don't know how old they are, uh, who doesn't understand why he can't bag you out for having hairy legs, then mm. I don't know. I guess maybe outside of my world, this is really common. For me, the problem isn't so much like confusion about whether or not Sharon wants to get her nails done but doesn't want to shave her legs. It's why there are still so many men who feel entitled mm-hmm. to tell women what time and money and effort they should put into into spending on their bodies in order to satisfy male, not even sexual desire, because hair is like, it's an arbitrary desire. It's completely dictated to us by outside forces. But to satisfy what men have been trained to believe they are owed. Yeah, and just the base standard. You know, this doesn't even make you attractive. It makes you acceptable. Yeah, and that we also play into that. You know, I remember um, 
I remember when I was like 28 and I was in, I was in New York. I was in New York City for a bit. I just spent a few months there in New York. Anyway, I was in New York and I met this guy who was one of the like hottest, most arrogant, awful men I've ever met in my life. And I was completely infatuated with him. And we went back to my, my place um, for the first time and it was winter. Not that I need to offer an excuse for that, but it was winter and I took my top off and I had hairy underarms and he pointed at it. You know, I've got my clothes off in front of him about to have sex with him. And he points at my underarms and he goes, that's disgusting. You should get rid of that. And I remember just feeling like now I would say, um, I'm going to get rid of you first, fucko. Get the fuck out of my house. But at the time I just felt completely humiliated and like I'd failed somehow. And that I was, you know, like someone had told me my breath was really bad. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then of course I gave him a blowjob to make up for it. And I tell that story now, like, cause I think it's, there's some way of, you know, telling it like it's a funny story to kind mm. of reclaim some power over it, but it was fucked. Mm. And it's, so what you're kind of pointing to with this question is that on some level, there is a misunderstanding, like a misapprehension among younger people, younger than us especially men, about what is a normal amount of body hair on women. So that's one thing, that if everyone is, like, waxing everything off their body from a very young age, then it is becoming, I guess, harder for people to rock whatever kind of body hair they want in certain circles. And then the second thing is, like, whether or not men should shut the fuck up about their opinions on that. Which they absolutely should. Yeah, so that's, you know, Sharon... You saying to your partner, a uh, step off about my leg hair is, you know, perfect. And we mm. back you 100%. And I think to go back to my instinct, ask him, put put the responsibility back onto him and say, well, why do you think it's different? Mm. My getting my nails done and getting my having my legs waxed. But also remember as well, like, what is the argument that he's making? That if you participate in any single way in beauty standards or in, you know, prescribed beauty standards, then you have to participate in every single one of them. Mm -hmm. So if you get your nails done, you have to shave your legs, but you also have to get breast implants and you also have to get labiaplasty and you also have to get fillers and both. I mean, that's just ludicrous. But also why does he get to be the arbiter of that? Yeah. Like, is he the beauty police? Is he the guy, you know, with the checkboard, the checklist? marking off whether or not you've done your you know correct womanly duties this week like it's fucked yeah so um yeah maybe get a new boyfriend yeah or just Um, or just turn it back on him and and ask him like this is a really good this is a good tactic for anything regardless of whether or not someone's saying like why do you have hair on your legs or you know why what you know for for people who are pregnant i remember we talked about this when we were both pregnant you know people who ask invasive questions about your pregnancy, anything where you feel like someone is being invasive or demanding an answer to something that they're not really entitled to know what the answer is, you can turn around and say, why is it important for you to know? Mm. So you can say to them, why is it important for you that I shave my legs? Or another example is um, that I use with little children a lot. (laughs) My son's three and he has very long hair. And so often other little kids will say, you know, she did this. And I say, oh, he's a boy. And they say, why does he have long hair? Mm. And I say, why do you have short hair? And the kid goes, um, I don't, 
I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminds me as well of like the sort of weird conflation between bodily practices you know, well, if you don't shave your legs, why do you do your nails? It kind of reminds me of people who are really like weirdly puritanical about breastfeeding in public. And they say things like, oh, well, if she can breastfeed in public, what's, why can't I just whip my dick out and jerk off in public? Or guys who are like, cool band t-shirt. Can you name every single album yeah. that they've ever produced? Yeah. All the lyrics. Oh, right. So you like music. Name every musician ever. <laughs> Oh, so you like getting your nails done. Uh, and also just another general piece of advice is to all people who are partnered with fucking cishet men out there, don't ever feel like you have to be put on the back foot if they're asking you ridiculous questions like this. You can also just tell them to fuck off. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, thank you very much for that, Sharon. Hope that helps. Tell him to shave his legs. Teresa asks, Hi, big sisters. I've been with my partner for about a year now. And I'm growing increasingly unfulfilled with our sex life. I feel the sex is too infrequent. And when it does happen, it's the same old three positions every time. I've asked him about his kinks and sexual interests, but he's a self-confessed vanilla. I love this boy a bunch. He's supportive and understanding and everything else is great and very healthy. I just don't know how to ask for more or kinkier sex. I don't want him to feel pressured to do anything he doesn't want to do sexually. But at the end of the day, I feel like this is a need that needs to be met. Please share some much-needed advice. Thanks, Teresa. I think Teresa is experiencing something that a lot of women go through. And despite the persistent myth that men are always up for it Mm -hmm. and women have to be cajoled and tricked into wanting to have more sex, actually so often the reverse is true. Especially as you get older. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I've always had a really strong libido, but I just about every partner I've ever had has been mismatched with me and has wanted to have sex less often, less adventurously with less kind of Mm. spontaneity or gusto than me. And so besides maybe when I was younger, I might've thought that that meant that I was too demanding or too voracious. And now I just think, no, that just means I have to find a situation or a partner that fits with that Um, if I want to have sex with other people besides myself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the thing that really jumped out to me in this letter was that they've only been together for about a year. Mm. And I understand that, you know, obviously very strong feelings can develop in that period of time. And, you know, she says that she loves him and I'm sure she does, Mm. but a year is not a long time to have kind of fallen into sexual bed death. Yeah, for the, for the spark and the fire to be gone from the yeah. excitement and novelty of a new partner. Because it's unlikely, it's not impossible, but it feels like it's unlikely to improve for lots of different reasons. One of those reasons may be that, you know, he says that he's self-confessed va- vanilla, you know. I mean, people decide differently what they think that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously he... Uh, I mean, I, I hesitate to use phrases like not very adventurous because I think that that's unfair to people who prefer 
intimacy in a way that is maybe not perceived to be particularly adventurous, but that is incredibly meaningful for them. And there is something adventurous in actually exploring intimacy with people, regardless of whether or not you're, you know, hanging off a trapeze while you're doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And there's obviously like a lot of context, like one person's idea of adventurous is another person's idea of boring. And so, uh, you know, the chemistry, the sexual chemistry you have with anyone is as unknowable and, uh, valuable as all the other kinds of chemistry you have. So do you, you know, do you get along? Do you have the same values? Do you like to do the same things? It might also be factors in why she's in a relationship with someone where the sex isn't exactly what Mm. she wants it to be. That said, she did say this is a need. So, and I think the fact that she used those exact words, you know, I have this need and it's not being met. I think makes me think that there are kind of two two really big options besides breaking up that kind of jump into my head. One is that they seek some help. So whether that is as simple as like both subscribing to like OMG or um, watching porn together or some other thing that there's DIY or whether it's like seeing a therapist together, like a sex therapist or an intimacy coach or a couples therapist. Um, and the other thing is whether or not they consider, uh, whether they're both committed to monogamy Mm -hmm. and whether or not ethical non-monogamy could work for them in terms of negotiating a way for one person to meet their sexual needs Mm -hmm. with other people. Um, I mean, I agree with both of those things, but I also think that the third and most logical option to me is to consider breaking up. And I know that that sounds harsh because she says that she loves him, but I also think that the way that women in particular are expected to operate in society is to like submerge those needs. You know, that it's that whole, like women have sex to get love and men give love to get sex. And obviously that's a totally ridiculous one dimensional argument that completely reinforces absurd ideas about men and women and sex and stops us both from being able or stops us all, I should say, from being able to really communicate properly. But the thing is that we're encouraged to believe that life with a partner is always better than life without a partner. If there are no like really massive problems, like if they're genuinely a nice person, you know, if he's a nice guy and we get along well and he's, he treats me nice, but like the sex is bad. Then we're like, well, I don't, I shouldn't, I don't really have the right to complain, you know, isn't it better than being alone? When obviously that's ridiculous. I think a lot of women have met a lot of really shit men. Yeah. And so then they meet a great guy and he's fantastic and he's this and he's that and he has all these other things going for him. Maybe they are willing to accept a sex life that is not, you know, exactly what they would have ordered if they could Mm. have picked it themselves. And I think that that's, yeah, doing themselves a great disservice. And I mean, the other option that we haven't talked about is that, you know, maybe she, they, you know, in between him being a self confessed vanilla and, you know, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Uh, and her wanting to have kinkier sex, whether or not they could have some kind of compromise uh, or find a middle ground in there. But it, it, as you say, if they do nothing, nothing will change. Mm. So there has to be like, some decision made on either 
Yes. On either one side to leave or on both sides to change it. I think it's not an option for her to just keep putting up with it. And that's the no. one thing that we can say for sure. Yeah. And, and to any person listening that, you know, just putting up with it is should not be your option. Like you and I both have been privy to so many disclosures from women, all kinds of, you know, ranging on all of the scale about the dissatisfaction that they feel with their lives and their partners, whether or not they've got children yet or they uh, or they haven't had children. But this sort of, it really upsets me and distresses me to think that there are so many women out there who are kind of approaching 35 or 40, 40 is probably more realistic, and just kind of going, oh, all right, well, I'll just settle the for this then. The music stopped. Yeah, the music stopped. There's no more excitement in my life. This is the I mean, I'm in. Yeah, I feel so, it, it feels physically suffocating to me to think of all of this sort of, I mean, when you're 40, you've potentially, I mean, maybe not now, like climate apocalypse is coming for <laughs> us all, but in, a, in an otherwise non-climate apocalyptic world, we may all potentially have 40 more years. Mm. And you're going to sit there and say, well, this is, this is the bed that I made. I may as well not get laid in it. And look, if uh, this caller is in her 20s, there's a part of me that just thinks, God. Get rid of him. Get out of there. Because, yeah. you know, there are plenty more fish in the sea and there are, you know, cliche alert, but it's true that there are, you know, th- there's going to be tons of time for you to find some nice guy to have a... Or not know, find a nice guy, yeah, you know? Yeah, to ha- but if that's what you want, yeah. to have like some, you know, um, nice, calm, happy relationship where you want to buy a house or have kids or whatever. So it kind of does depend on how old she is. It depends on, on a lot of different factors, but the main one is that... She will know herself in her heart of hearts. Is this a deal breaker? Yeah. And if it is, then. Yeah. And everyone will be fine and everyone will move on and it might be sad for a little bit. But yeah, it's like, you know, younger listeners may not be familiar with the Whitlams and maybe older (laughs) listeners shouldn't be familiar with the Whitlams. But I do remember one line that my friend Victoria always used to sing at me which was she's one in a million so there's 10 more like her just in new south wales <laughs> our final question of the day comes from katrina katrina says i'm going out for my birthday on friday night and i've invited two guys i want to bang good for you katrina both have pros and cons if only one is interested there's no problem but what if both of them are and obviously now i'm thinking to myself that neither of them will be interested because why would they they probably won't even turn up. Oh God, I feel like I'm watching my watching my insecurity in real time here. They probably won't even turn up. So now I'm thinking about how I'm going out on Friday and there'll be people there I want to bang or no people and I'll get zero bangs. And why do I have so little belief in myself? There's a lot to unpack there, Clem, and I get it if you don't tackle this one. Well, you know what, Katrina? We are going to tackle this one. <laughs> And you're right. There is a lot to unpack there. We've been we've strapped ourselves in to the Katrina roller coaster, and we're on this ride <laughs> with you now. Firstly, happy birthday! Yeah, happy birthday! And uh, let me first say that I applaud your decision to ride one and lead one. Uh, bring two horses into yeah. the uh, enclosure and see. It's the know, Thunderdome. Yeah, two men yeah. enter. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, that's an option too. Two men enter. Okay, so what are the options? You do bang both of them at the same time. You bang 
both of them, but separately. So you mm-hmm. have a sort of a shed, scheduling it's your party to make. You bang one of them. Easy, fine, mm. good. You don't bang either of them, which frees you up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe, we're, maybe we introduce a third candidate here. <laughs> to bang anyone you want. Yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, obviously we it's difficult to, to know... It's difficult to properly answer this question because we are not as hard as we try. We we cannot read the future. We don't know if these young bucks will turn up to your birthday party. And we I don't hope know that they do. We don't know if they're good enough for you. We don't know if they're good enough for you. And we also don't know if they're interested. I mean, that is, you know, that's a, an insecurity that we all wrestle with. And of course, if they respectfully decline, then we must, we must accept that. <laughs> um, consent is sexy, everybody. The more important thing to focus on is having a good time without hinging it on whether or not a boy likes you. They can come. They can not come. They can come. You, they can, you can not come. come. You can come by yourself. You can come with someone yeah. else. That's one of the most enjoyable things about a crush is having all of the different fantasies play out in your head. Yeah. So maybe that's our first piece of advice is just stop overthinking it and enjoy the feeling of knowing that it's your bloody birthday, that you have been confident enough to invite two guys to come and celebrate with presumably your friends as well, um, that you have the hots for. And in the spirit of like big sister advice, as you said, Clem, we think back to when we were younger, mm. we probably would have tied ourselves in knots and agonized over it and in a way kind of spoiled it for ourselves. Oh, definitely. We would have let them determine whether or not we went home happy or went home hating ourselves. Yeah. And so the idea really is to try and channel your inner Sher, who said that men are nice, but they're not the main course. Yeah, you've turned another year older. You're getting older and wiser every day. And at some point, we all need to challenge ourselves. All of us, like bad bitches, need to challenge ourselves to leave behind the insecurities that were, you know, drilled into us in our youth and recognize that it's not a man's place to decide whether or not we have a good night. That is all of the questions that we have time for this week. And people who've tuned into the first three episodes will notice that. This episode has gone a little bit longer. We've recorded this one um, in Karen's kitchen. And that's because we are just testing a different format. We want to see whether or not people enjoy the shorter format or whether or not they like the longer one better. So, you know, again, get in touch. Let us know at bigsisterhotline at gmail.com. Obviously send us your questions, but also let us know whether whether or not you like it longer or shorter. Could you listen to more? Could you listen to less? Um, Yes, give us your feedback and leave reviews. But before we go, we're going to go to our new big sister recommendations. So this is the uh, this is the newly introduced segment where Karen and I talk about the things that we love and that we are currently loving. What so, we're crushing on right now, the big sister crush zone. Yes, yeah, the big sister crush zone. The big the things we want you to also love because we think they're cool. Karen, what are you listening to? I am currently crushing very hard on the new slash latest Harry Styles album. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who know me will know that I, I love Harry Styles a lot. And uh, I just, I listen to his new album and probably unlike a lot of our younger listeners, I don't relate to Harry as uh, someone I want to go to bed with. I just, I just relate to him like 
um, I'm his mum. And I listen to his album and I think, oh, I'm so proud of you. And you're just including all That's these my amazing boy. influences. And you've come so far from the 1D days. And you just are so holy and adorably yourself. And I dig that about you. So that is my uh, current obsession. And my, my son, who's Little Harry, named after Big Harry, uh, is is loving it too. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, actually. Ooh, yeah. Well, just when I drive, I like listen to me like I've reinvented the wheel. Just when I drive, I really like to listen to podcasts. Um, no, what have I been? I've been listening to Esther Perel's new series, How's Work. Uh, Esther Perel, you might know from um, Where Do We Begin? And Esther Perel is a, a therapist and she invites people basically to have like a live therapy session. Um, She'd be a great shows. podcast for some of our questioners tonight to listen to. Yeah, she would definitely have some great, <laughs> some great answers. Um, and is also trained. Should probably remind people of the disclaimer, neither Karen nor I have any medical training whatsoever. And unlike Bettine Aunt, we're not going to claim that we yeah. do have qualifications that we don't have. Exactly. What a cunt. <laughs> our um, qualifications are that we love you. That we are big sisters and we're probably in the region of, we're probably aged somewhere between you and your mum. Yes. And also we want more women to like recognize how fucking awesome they are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been listening to Esther Perel's Housework, which is great. You know what? I'm so basic when it comes to music that I just like get on to my car and press my Discover Weekly button on Spotify, <laughs> which ends up like being like a mix of concentration music that I listen to while I'm writing and also musical theater. So it's actually great for me. I love it. Um, but I'll tell you what I have read recently that, um, and disclaimer, Sophie is a friend of mine, but Sophie Hardcastle's book came out this week and it's called below deck. And it's, I, I should also put the disclaimer that I have an endorsement on the cover for her. Um, so you will see my name if you pick this book up. But Below Deck is a book about... I'm just going to read the little blurb from Alan and Anne when we share a publisher. Below Deck is the highly anticipated debut novel from author Sophie Hardcastle. A heartbreakingly poetic and haunting story about the vagaries of consent. About who has the space to speak and who is believed. Beautifully told, but it's also a very compelling and um, pertinent book in the hashtag MeToo era. So check out Below Deck if you're looking for a good read. And series-wise, is there anything that you're watching at the moment? Well, I have been watching a lot of Married at First Sight. Mm-hmm. Oh, because you do another podcast. That's right. So for my for my other podcast, which is called Nearly Beloved, uh, which I do with Lucy May, you can find that on, on iTunes and wherever good podcasts are stored and we talk about Australian dating reality shows with a feminist lens so uh watching Married at First Sight as a hardcore feminist who doesn't believe in marriage or most Australian men um, (laughs) has been a challenge uh, it's a real shit show this season as well oh well, my literally, god literally yeah, literally um, talk about dating <laughs> terrible people oh my god yeah if you want to feel watch if that you want to feel good about being single um that you can watch married at first sight what about um, you what have you been watching so i loved seeing uh the actress adele hanel who starred in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, walking out of the Cesar Awards because uh, they awarded Roman Polanski, who's a fucking child rapist, Mm -hmm. with the Best Director Award. Um, And she was just like, 
fuck y'all, you're all hypocrites and this is bullshit and I'm not going to be a part of it. And you watch that and you're like, that is what, that's what it looks like. That is genuine backbone. Yeah. And that is living your values, even if it's going to compromise your career. So she recently uh, accused a, another famous French director of having um, sexually harassed her when she was 12 years old, working in the French mm. film industry. And so it's obviously like a personal uh, subject for her. But uh, the fact that she was the only person yep. with enough guts and righteous anger to just stand literally stand yeah. up against it really brings into stark relief the the number of people who are willing to actually put their money where their mouth is you know to and actually put themselves woman. yeah exactly to put themselves on the line you know we keep hearing all the time um oh, you know particularly after terrible situation with the terrible murder of Hannah Clark and her children. You know, the response to things like that is always, Oh, well, most men are great. Most men would never do anything terrible like this. Why you, why you demonize men? You know, it's like the worst thing that you can possibly do is talk about the terrible things that men do to women. It's not those terrible things themselves. And yet when it actually comes down to it, most men are just neutral. They're just like, well, I mean, it's not my problem. But even something like this, if you imagine, like, if a man or men had gotten up and followed her out in solidarity, that would have boosted their careers and their profiles. It would have actually worked for them. She's a young woman on on the absolute peak of her career success, and she's taken this huge risk where she's basically given a big middle finger to the entire French film industry. Um, And, yeah, bravo to her. We love her. So Adele Hanel is our big sister of the week. We stand. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of episode four of Big Sister Hotline. You've been listening to me, Clementine Ford, with my uh, honorary sister, Karen Pickering. Um, we really hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, please send your questions to bigsisterhotline at gmail.com or you can contact either one of us privately and anonymity is guaranteed and uh yeah we accept all and any questions please if you're enjoying the show don't just leave a review please share it and ask your friends to listen to it because one of the struggles of early days in any podcast is getting people to listen to it if you love it we would love you to share the love pass it on to your big sisters and the people you would like to be a big sister to and little sisters peace out you've been listening to the big sister hotline i'm clementine ford Serving Big Sister Real Talk for all the things you're too embarrassed to tell your therapist. Send your questions to BigSisterHotline at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at Clementine underscore Ford. Big Sister Hotline. The phone line is open. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.